Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently just joined as members, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. to episode 42 of the Spivey Special Podcast. We made it to the Jackie Robinson episode. Yes, I am so happy we have made it this far. I'm very shocked, as we say every week, that we're still here. <laughs> haven't got kicked off yet. Who would kick us off? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't, we just keep making these, even if it's just you and me listening to it. Isn't that who is? Basically, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we got a fun episode this week. Now, we did Food Court Files like we normally did. We got a Zach Spivey creation this week, French Zost. Ooh. We'll talk about that one here in a little bit. But we also, we're dusting off a classic. We're bringing back one of our favorite segments of the four that we've ever done. Remember that thing. You got to bring it back. We remember, remember that thing. And we really want to remember, remember that thing. Should we do our remember that thing episode about remember that thing? I think we should. I think everyone will remember it. Yeah. <laughs> so in on that segment, we're going to talk about the old show Double Dare. Maybe, maybe one of my favorite. It might be my favorite game show of all time. I think it's the one that we would probably do good at because... I think of all the game shows I've ever wanted to be on, Double Dare has got to be the top. Maybe Nick Arcade. Or Guts. No, even more than Guts, I'd rather be on Double Dare. Yeah, I think so too because it's a mixture of things that we like, like physical challenge when we were younger, and then trivia. Oh, I would have nailed those trivia questions when I was like 12. Yeah, and you would have been a lot better at physical challenges than you were now. Mm-hmm. And I'm very good at catching chow mein and a helmet on my head. That's true. And your pants are large enough to catch all of the whipped cream pies that are flung your way. <laughs> it definitely would have nailed that. So <laughs> You would have ate them. <laughs> all right. Well, we got a fun one. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. We'll take a quick break, and we will come back with Food Court Files. All rise. It's time for the Food Court Files. All right, this week for Food Court Files, we did another uh, Spivey creation. This week was my turn. We made, uh, the name we decided on was French Zost. Yes, a little play on words as we like to do. Throw a little Z in there. Can't go wrong with a Z. Yeah, anytime you got thick bread, I always think of you too. So I think French Zost is the (laughs) perfect analogy. All right, so our uh, original idea is uh, we wanted to do a breakfast. We like turning things into sandwiches, so that's what we want. I think next week we'll change it to something else, but uh, that's kind of where we're, are you going to do a sandwich? I don't know. Nobody knows. Spooky. Spooky. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's what we did. So we decided what we were going to do. So we're going to start with our ingredients for French Zost. If you couldn't figure it out, French toast was one of those direct one of those ingredients. Yeah, you need French toast for the French toast. Yeah. 
Your well, knee it doesn't, doesn't make sense. No, I mean, it's like, okay. All right, so for that, we used uh, bread. I think we used wheat bread or whatever whatever we had in there. Um, we also needed eggs, both for making French toast, and that was also on our sandwich. Um, to finish out the French toast, we needed cinnamon, a little bit of milk, and a little bit of vanilla extract. That's to dip your bread in to make the proper French toast. And then also for our sandwich, we needed another egg. We put ham on it. We did uh, shredded white cheddar. Mm-hmm. We had boysenberry jelly, a hash brown, like McDonald's shape frozen hash brown. Super good. Put it in the little air fryer. And a little powdered sugar because it's not French Zost if you don't have powdered sugar. No, when I think of Zost, you got to have powdered sugar. <laughs> All right, let's talk about how we made this thing. Very carefully. Very carefully. Uh, Troy was our uh, French toast maker. That's what they call me on the streets. So we combined our eggs, milk, cinnamon, and vanilla extract and whisked that stuff up in a little pie pan. Big French. He uh, popped those breads in there. Mm. We used a very nice-sized flat skillet to where I could get all four at the same time. The reason we used four pieces of toast is because we made two sandwiches, one for me to look at and then another one for Zach to eat, and then he ate the second one too. (laughs) All right, uh, so we did the French toast on there. Um, We heated up our ham. We just used like uh, deli meat. Mm. ham that we had probably would have been better if we had like Canadian bacon or something but or honey baked ham yeah. or just mm. a whole pig <laughs> uh, we cooked the ham um, and then we topped it with a little uh, shredded cheese we did, we, we did white cheddar probably needed a little more ham and a little more cheese that was Zach's nickname in high school ham and cheese white cheddar white cheddar <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, we cooked the hash browns in the air fryer, five minutes aside, came out perfect. Per- they were very, very good. I felt as if I was underneath a golden arch. It was very good. And then uh, close to being done, we cooked um, an egg over easy for each of them, probably between easy and medium. Yeah, you had to have that to make it a French zoster. Yeah, we need the gooey egg in there for it to be super good. So, spooky. Talk about how we put it all together. Uh, we started with the French toast on the bottom. Yeah, that's going to be the bread there on the sandwich because it's bread. <laughs> that's exactly how it happened. Mm-hmm. Last week, you know, we used the quesadilla, so people just might be confused. It's true. We use weird things for bread. <laughs> uh, we did a layer of jelly on the French toast. Yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit later how we felt about this, but that's what we went with. We did it on both sides of the toast. I think we did it again, maybe only one or a lighter application of the jelly. Yeah. Uh, then we did our hash brown. We did our ham cheese combo. And again, we probably would have used more ham and cheese, I think. Or maybe a different meat. Yeah. Bison. Deer. Mm-hmm. Rabbit. Cat. Something. Um, then we did our fried egg. Then we did another layer of jelly on our other piece of French toast. Then we topped the entire thing with powdered sugar. And we also used syrup as a dipping mechanism. Because we just didn't have enough calories. calories so yeah. we needed to pump it up a little bit more with the syrup. It was organic. Organic? Yeah, bad for your organs. 
good for your organs? Cause it's organic. No. <laughs> it wasn't organic. Disorganic. Mm-hmm. Unorganic? I don't think that's a word. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to do our first review? I think you should. You want to talk about your experience eating French toast? You know, there's a lot of things in my life that I remember, but this one, since it happened like an hour ago, I remember pretty good. Um, <laughs> as I bit into the French toast, I felt good. So the first bite I took, I had dipped in the syrup, and it was kind of just a sweetness that overtook the taste buds. The jam, I felt we over-applied a little bit, and maybe we should have done it on just one inner French toast instead of two. Um, the syrup and the powdered sugar just kind of hit you in the gut, sweetly. Yeah, the first the first bite, I don't know that we got any hash brown in it. The hash brown really helped. When you got to the middle, yeah. it was it was quite a bit better. Plus, you got more of the egg when you got to the middle as well, because we did a fried egg, so the yolk, you don't hit the yolk till you get into the middle, or if you mm-hmm. squeeze it too hard and it starts oozing out. Um, yeah, I think the first bite. This has got to be the first food I've ever ate that you dipped in syrup, and it was worse. Yeah. I thought without the syrup, it was actually better. Without a doubt. It was just too sweet. I think it was it was too much. I love boysenberry jelly, but it was a little much for the sweetness, and we didn't do enough of the other things to counterbalance it. I think, as Barry White would say, the sweetness is my weakness, but... <laughs> On this one, it was a little too much sweetness, even for Barry. Um, the sandwich overall, though, was very tasty. Obviously, there was none left on either of our plates. Yeah, um, it took like, like four bites, and we ate it. The first bite is the deepest, they say. Um, I felt that as you went on, it got better, but that's because we stopped dipping as much in the syrup. I think the syrup, powdered sugar, jam combo was just too busy. It's just too sweet. Yeah. Maybe we could have dipped it in something else that did something. I don't know what that would be. No. Barbecue sauce or... Mm. That sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Zach, since it's named after you, the old French Zos, why don't you give the rating as those have listened or viewed our videos or heard our pod in the past? We rated in Spivey Specials anywhere from zero to five. I don't think we've mentioned what a Spivey Special is during our videos. So in case you've missed it, Spivey Special, one part Mountain Dew, three to four parts Burnett's Watermelon Vodka. That is what is a Spivey Special. That is what the podcast is named after. It's on Troy's shirt. And behind It's on this shirt back here. And it's inside right there. Mm -hmm. Um, So we rated it on a scale of zero to five Spivey Specials. Now, I think our first two that we rated kind of threw off the scale for me because I thought it was better than the waffle dippers, which I gave three it's and a half. It's our fourth, though. Huh? It's our fourth. This one. is our fourth. Yeah. I thought it was better than the waffle dippers, which I gave three and a half. Mm-hmm. It was not better than the spivadilla, for sure, no. which I gave four. I think I'm going to just keep it at three and a half. Yeah, that's what you gave the bacon sandwich, too. Yeah, I think it's three and a half. You know what? It might even be a three. Even though it's my creation, I think I'm going to give it a three. It was just too sweet. It was good. I would eat it. Uh, it's more like, it was sweet like a dessert. It was like a dessert, breakfast dessert. Yeah, it's one of those things you'd eat again, but you wouldn't like tell your friends about it type of thing. Yeah. Like you're not bragging on the social. That- I think what we should do is we should make one, 
take our critiques and then make a second one and see if it actually would have been better. Because yeah, there's no way I'm making French toast for like another three days or something. Yeah, I think that we just got a little cocky with our, you know, in our we mind. We did so well with the spivadella yeah. that I thought we could just combine any seven things and it would be good. Yeah, we probably should have made one, tasted it, saw what we needed to do, and then jacked it up differently. But yeah, we like I said, we probably lessened the jelly a little bit, um, put a different meat inside. I think either a bacon or a Canadian bacon or even just honey baked ham with or the cheese. Or even like bacon or something. It just needed something. Yeah. Some salt, some more savory, some more or less sweet. It probably could have been that sweet if we would have added more savory. Savory. Like gravy. That's what that's the dip. That's gravy. The dip. Yep. Okay, run it back. All right, let's do it. We'll be right back after this. No. Um I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna give it my lowest lowest rating yet. I'm oh gonna boy. give it a three. The French Zost. Never been to the gym, but never been sweeter. So I'm going to have to give it a three just for the things that we said. A little too sweet. Um, still went down the gullet pretty well, so that's why it's still getting a you know, mid-ranking there. But it's something that we need to work on before we um, take it to any cooking fairs or anything like that. Yeah, I think if you're going to make it uh, at home, add a lot more meat, maybe some more cheese. Yeah, and, and then, I think it would have balanced it a little bit more. Yeah, and maybe just l- lightly spread the jelly. We got a little heavy with the jelly. I love jelly. You do. Also a nickname. <laughs> High school for you. What's that? Jelly. Extra jelly? Just jelly. Just jelly. Yeah. It's like not too Beyonce. <laughs> the Queen J. Queen J. All right. That's another one in the book. I, we're going to come up with another. I think we're just going to keep coming up with our own instead of looking for recipes. But if you find something that you think we might like, tag us in it on social media, at Spivey Special on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can reach out to us on our website, SpiveySpecialPodcast.com. Um, we got other things in the, in the works, too. Um, if you have an outrageous recipe idea... Yeah, let us know. We'll if you've make got a it. weird combo of food you'd like to see somebody eat, and then rate shortly after on a podcast, we would love to do that. We'll name it after you. We'll give you all the credit, and we'll eat it unless it's really good, and then we'll take all of the credit. Yeah, it's gonna be like the American Zos or something. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that's all we we'll get. We'll take a quick break, and we will be back with remember that thing. Do you like the sweet taste of Mountain Dew? Do you like your vodka to be both inexpensive and flavored like melons? Then have we got a beverage for you. From the minds of the host of the wildly popular podcast that shares its name, we bring you the Spivey Special. One part Mountain Dew, three to four parts Burnett's Watermelon Vodka. 100% fun. Drink one at your next party or at 3 a.m. playing Halo 3. Please enjoy responsibly. Hey, remember that thing? The moon landing. Jazz. Trapper keepers. Manners. Alf. Sunny D. Yeah, I remember those things. All right, we are bringing back Remember That Thing. Bring it back, bring it back. One of my all-time favorites of the three or four that we actually do. Yeah, it's, it's a great segment that just the fans, both of them wanted it back. So we said, let's give them what they want. 
Yeah, we, we get trying to get the crowd into it. Just pump up the jam pump, a little bit. Pump up the jam. So this week for Remember That Thing, we are going to be talking about the t- television experience. Oh, spooky. Double Dare. Mm. One of my favorite shows of all time growing up as, as a kid. I originally debuted on Nickelodeon in 1986. The year Zach was born, I was negative two. <laughs> so we didn't exactly watch it when it first came out, but it was one of the first original shows on Nickelodeon. Early on in Nickelodeon's history, they did a lot of kind of like early Cartoon Network, where it's like a lot of Bugs Bunny and like old rerun cartoons. They didn't have a lot of original properties. They had You Can't Do That on Television, and then like weird old episodes of Mr. Wizard and stuff. Yeah, so they brought this show on. It was uh, d- in the early afternoon that it played, and the ratings just shot up, and they're like, this show is good. And actually, is one of the shows that actually helped boost Nickelodeon to what it is today. Yeah, this was early on in cable, so there was only... Not a lot of people even had cable, and it had pretty impressive ratings. Like, a million people were watching it when no one really had cable. So this was a big deal for Nickelodeon, and it's kind of a big deal for cable, too. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of computers, if any, back then. So, you know, TV was really starting to pump up its jam. Emphasis on jam. That's kind of a thing of this show. A lot of jam. A lot of of jam on this show. (laughs) So, big boost for Nickelodeon, Um, and even because of its themes of uh, slime and gack and mess, it actually brought back a resurgence of the show, You Can't Do That on Television. They started re-airing that after, like, oh, kids like slime still? Okay, let's let's do those again. Slime a bop. It also aired on Fox on Sunday nights. When it first did that, it was the number one show on Sunday nights in the history of Fox. I think until The Simpsons took that spot. So it was a big deal on network television as well. Everybody loved this show. Especially ages 2 to 11, which we saw in the Nelson ratings. This was a very high... Big demo. Big demo. Everyone's shooting for that 2 to 11 range, and they found it. Yeah. So the show... We're mostly going to be talking about the original show, which went from 1986 to 1993... More than 400 episodes. It was like 460-something episodes, which is a crazy amount of episodes. It's a lot of guacamole. Now, the history of how they made this show was kind of fun. So Nabisco, who makes Oreos and Fig Newtons. Yeah. That's big news. Tell me more. They came to Nickelodeon and said, make us a show that we can advertise Oreos and Fig Newtons and whatever else Nabisco makes. They could just run, like, your life. Yeah. You've eaten a lot of Oreos. If they came to me, I would make them whatever they want. So they started working on the show. They were going to get Soupy Sales. I don't know if you remember Soupy Sales from, like, old TV land shows. Uh Old school game show host. And then Nabisco's like, yeah, we don't want to do that anymore. And they're like, well, we've already been working on it. We're just going to do it. So Soupy Sales backed out. They interviewed a ton of people for the host of this show, including Dana Carvey, who they offered to it at some point, and he turned it down so he could audition for Saturday Night Live. And that's when they found Mark Summers. Diamond and Rough, I like to say. He was a stand-up comedian. He was kind of funny. He had that cool radio voice. 
he took it really seriously and he what I liked about Mark Summers is he, he kind of found the voice of the show and what they were going for and that, that his target audience was 2 to 11 and he just like went for it yeah I mean that's like not as an adult that's not really the target audience you want to go for but I mean he was able to go down and get to that level and just everyone loved it very energetic he would keep talking no matter what was going on the show would keep going on um and he was just funny I, we watched a couple of the episodes today to kind of get caught up on it, and uh, I forgot how funny and entertaining Mark Summer is. He really carries the show. Yeah, because, I mean, it's a lot of, you know, downtime in between physical challenges and all that that we'll get to in a little bit, but there's a lot of him talking, and you need a guy who can really just, you know, paint the picture of what's going on and in between making jokes as people are Well, there's walking. a lot of kids on it, and a lot of them are really nervous, and he really has to kind of keep it going. Um, so we also have, um, for the rest of the crew for the show, so now that we have the show, um, they start, well, before we get into the crew, we'll talk about how they started coming up with the show. They were like, what if we came up with a game show for kids? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. What if we did trivia for kids? That's eh, kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if we threw in some slime? <laughs> Do it. Like, it's kind of where they went with it. <laughs> like, all right, now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. Um, and that kind of led to all the challenges and stuff that we'll talk about here in a little bit. So the rest of the crew for the show, since we started with Mark Summers, we've got Harvey, the announcer. Big time. Another huge part of the show that like kind of carries it. He's got this weird relationship with Mark Summers. He'll just like randomly make fun of him during the show. Love it. His introduction of all the prizes on the show, too, really made you want to get these toys as kids. Even though, like, looking back now, it's like, what? A pair of Reeboks? <laughs> An electronic dictionary? All right. Who wanted this? Apparently, we did when we were kids. Harvey did. And then there's just, like, a bunch of stagehands that have to, like, clean up and help with the activities. Um, I saw Robin in one of them, and I remember she's in, like, all of the episodes. She's, like, a recurring character, but she's more like a cleanup person stagehand yeah but mark tries to keep everybody in there he was like pulling producers out and directors like under in camera and they were all nervous <laughs> and stuff he's like whatever we're just making a show here just do what you gotta do i don't think he knew that it was gonna run as long as it did and he was gonna be the double dare guy forever yeah that's you're locked in all right so we're gonna talk about the contestants now there was a bunch of different versions of the show which we'll talk about later but our original show two contestants um two kids and they'd be the same age range between the two yeah. so sometimes they'll be 10 sometimes they'll be 12 sometimes they'll be whatever um, but it had to be a fair matchup between the two um later on when we get into family double there you'd have the mom and dad and two kids um, but it'd always be even on either side but for the first seven years of the show it was uh just two kids going against it yeah and early on Early on, both teams actually wore red uniforms, and then finally they were like, this is weird. And then one team was red and one team was blue. What I, what I like about it, too, is they get to pick their weird team name, like the Leaping Lizards against mm-hmm. uh, it's like the Legend- Riff Raff. It's like Legends of the Hidden Temple names. Yeah, but they got to make up their own weird team name instead of just being like a Blue Barracuda. Well, I'm sure one of them was a Blue Barracuda. That's where they got the names for yeah. Legend of the Hidden Temple. They just watched doubled there just go watch a hundred episodes and steal <laughs> some fun names from them basically all right let's talk about how the show works 
So why don't you give us a little outline of how the show works? So what we have is, um, so they start off with a physical challenge. Both teams, they participate. Usually it's uh, some sort of race or who can get the furthest fill in a bucket or how many pies they can catch in their pants and stuff like that. Yeah, it went straight into challenge. Like every episode, like the quick, weird 90s music and then Mark Summer goes, on your mark, get set, go! That's how every episode would start and it go right into a physical challenge. Yeah, it was huge because, I mean, the, the winner of this contest basically got control of the show and they started with the ones who got to answer the trivia questions. So there was two rounds and then the th final round was the obstacle course. The team that was in first place eventually got there. So it started off with a physical challenge. If you won the physical challenge, then you started with trivia. And trivia, you want to have control. Yeah, so they'd ask you a series of trivia questions, age appropriate. Now when family's there, they're a little bit more challenging because you've got mom and dad there, but they're mostly geared towards 12-year-old kids, however old they are. Um, the questions would get harder as the game would move on. Um, if you were unable to answer the question, or you thought your opponent didn't know the answer, you could dare the other person. And what would happen is when you dare the other opponent, the dollar amount doubles. So it goes from, I think it's like 10 bucks when the show first came on the air. You would dare your opponent, now it's worth 20 for that person. So two, I mean, one important thing is, is if you try to guess and you get the answer wrong, you lose control and the control then goes to the other team. So they have the trivia questions and the chance to accrue more points slash money. Yeah, so we can dare the other person. Now if they don't know it, or they still think that you don't know it, they can double dare and now it's four times the value or 40 whole dollars. Or as it gets into the later rounds, the prize amounts went up just a little bit. Yeah, I think they double in the second round, but it never was a ton of money. You'd ha you're just playing it for the, the prizes at the end of the show. So now if you get double dared, you have the option of either guessing or I don't know if I've ever seen anyone get it, the answer to the question after they've been double dared. Have you seen that? I think a couple of times they like really thought about it and like mom came and pulled one out of the little yeah. satchel. Um, but what, what we're all hoping for is that they choose a physical challenge. Um, and with that, we'll talk about what the physical challenges were here in a minute. They have to complete something in like 30 seconds or however long it is. If they get it, they get all of the dollars that would have been for the double dare. If they miss it, their opponent gets the money and, and control get, the board. Which is huge. And also, too, if they answered it wrong when they got double dare, let's say they guessed because they didn't want to do the physical challenge, the other team would then accrue the four times the money and get control. It's, it's a big swing on the physical challenge. Now, let's talk about some of these physical challenges. Kind of what made the show as popular as it was is these physical challenges were just crazy. So think like uh, survivor challenges, but with a lot more whipped cream pies and slime. Basically, yeah, it was a survivor rider. <laughs> I'm not sure if it actually was, but let's just throw stuff at people. Yeah, it was like, like the ones that I watched today were like, we're going to throw this tennis ball at this kid with a blindfold on, and he has to catch it using two symbols that are on his hand. Yeah, I saw the one they had to play the symbols and then keep their head steady while another person was pouring water into the cup that was on their head from a ladder type of thing. I think I watched one where the dad had to like hit this thing and it would flip this the jello through the air and the kid had to catch it in his head and if he could catch it on his head they would come over and pull this rope 
and he got covered with like five pounds of whipped cream. That sounds like a Saturday night for you. Yeah. <laughs> I was just have five pounds of whipped cream hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. Who doesn't? So how it worked, though, er, uh, early is both players, even in the first and the second round, would participate in the physical challenge. But as the show moved on, in the f when you had the family with the four people there, in the first round, only two people, they got to choose which two people did the challenge. And then in the second round, all four would then have to do the physical challenge. Yeah, those are crazy. The cool thing about, the fun thing about it is that the floor in front of it is just crazy dirty. Like, for the whole game and somebody comes through and they tried a bunch of different we'll talk about later different ways to try to keep it clean but it'd be all messy they'd have towels behind the podium when they go back to answer questions so they could wipe goop off their face or whatever uh, so that they can move on also too um, they did more than one show in a day yeah so it'd be a lot of work to get the people into the thing and get the lights and everything turned on so they would shoot like two or three a day so it would be extra messy by the end of the day yeah you don't want to be that third game definitely not it's going to be <laughs> extra slippery and crazy all right so uh they after the two rounds the team with the higher dollar amount moves on the losing team gets some actually pretty decent prizes it's not like uh, legends of the hidden temple where they got like a a muffin or something and send them on their way. Well, they also got to keep the money that they accrued. So like to two 12 year olds winning $120 was huge. In, in 1986. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was a lot that of been a big deal. That's like $200,000 now. Millions. Yeah. Millions. All right. So the person with the most, um, they had different ways, money amounts or points. however it was, um, they got to go to the final round, which was the obstacle course in my favorite part of the show. I think it's everybody's favorite part of the show. I didn't, I found myself just fast forwarding to the end to watch that. I didn't want to watch the kids answer weird questions from 1987 when I was watching it. <laughs> Who's the top comedic actor from 1987? Oh boy. Yikes. They didn't know either. I knew I yelled Eddie Murphy, but. Was it right? They couldn't hear me because it was in the past. Yeah. Awkward. <laughs> All right, so we move on to the final round. And the cool thing about the final round is we kind of see the camera pan around so that you can see them. But we go through each challenge. Mark Summers explains how it works. And then we get old Harvey telling us what you win. So as you go through the obstacle course, like Zach said, there's eight obstacles you have to go through. And depending on how many you finish, you get a prize and they're increasingly cool as you go on. Like the first one you get like a stick of gum and then the second one you get like x-ray glasses or... If you can somehow make it through eight, you go on like a trip. I saw one where you could win a Jeep. Yeah, they did cars there for a little bit. Um, space camp was a huge thing, yeah. especially when they moved it from Philadelphia if to Orlando. If a Jeep Orlando. is your prize, it's gonna be all eight of the hardest ones that they can come up with. Now, each of those things changed each week. There were some that you'd see more often than not and some that were too crazy to move on or whoever donated the prize was like, oh, you need to up the difficulty on this one. I'm not giving away a Jeep. <laughs> so some of the ones that I remember was they had this giant made-up nose. And so to pass each obstacle, let's get back to that, you have to either 
finish the obstacle and then a flag would come down that the neck that your teammate got because what would happen is you'd have to alternate the obstacles so when there was two you each would have to finish four but when there was four you each had to finish two obstacles right so the only way to move on was either you finished and the flag fell down to your teammate or you had to find it somewhere grab it and pass it off like a baton to your teammate to move on to the next obstacle and win that prize right so um well, we'll talk about, let's talk about some of these weird challenges that they had to do. Um, I think the one that everyone remembers is the big giant nose filled with like gack or goop or something. Yeah. And they had to dig through the nostrils like they're picking the nose and they had to try to find the flag. That was one of those ones where they'd find it immediately or they would just lose. Never find it. Yeah. yeah. Two options. Um, there was a couple pretty similar ones where they had like giant pancakes pizza where there was two giant pancakes and a big old thing of butter and you had to look through it and find it or there was pizza and it was hidden under one of the pepperonis or just in the sauce somewhere um there was um a hamster wheel where you'd have to get this pretty heavy hamster wheel and get it moving and grooving and then the flag would come down to your teammate you'd have to spin it all the way around six times and the lights would turn on and then the thing would jump down there was one with a giant gumball machine where you'd jump in the top and have to find a way through the opening with all the gumballs. That one usually was pretty easy. Yeah, they usually get through that pretty quick. Uh, we had toe jam, which was pretty similar to the giant nose. It's a giant foot, and you had to dig through the grossness in the foot. Yeah. There's just all, so many of them. Um, I think slippery tricycle was another one where they had to ride a tricycle on the really sl- on basically like a slip and slide. Uh, they had one where you had to go down this slide into a Sunday, and then you had to find it in the Sunday, or go through the mouth, this random mouth, and you'd slide down. You get to the bottom, kind of the same thing. They love to hide those, like an Easter egg hunt. Yeah, uh, lots of different challenges. They made them wear safety equipment. Some of them were fairly dangerous, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yeah, they made them wear uh, sports goggles elbow pads and knee pads even like the adults yeah you definitely would want to there's a lot of like climbing through tubes and weird stuff than when you're trying to get through the thing um so that's most of those and now some of the prizes we talked about our progressive prizes going on uh we saw things like weird backpacks that don't exist anymore camcorders that like go on your shoulder and they're like the size of a a vacuum cleaner you had a Walkman. Tape decks. Yeah. All the good old stuff. Electronic dictionaries. It was very strange. A lot of remote control cars. But each one was like a commercial. Basically, because when they went through... When Harvey announced it, he would do like a commercial for the product. It was like a 15-second drop, basically, for each product. Yeah, kind of like the showcase on... Uh, Price, is, Price right. is Right. Yeah, very similar. We didn't realize that, though, it was just a commercial for like 30 seconds but they would do it every episode so we knew that a lot of the commercials by the 100th 200th episode that we watched yeah all right let's talk about what what are the stuff that we got um they gave everyone reeboks uh, it was like a sponsor for the show and they all wore reeboks and i don't know if they just gave them all like a new pair of shoes or it was like a bowling alley where they just had like one of every size and you checked it out and they sprayed it with the little stuff. But those shoes would get ruined during all the challenges. It's like a super special anti-gag spray. Probably. Yeah. 
No, I'm probably sure. That's all that Reebok had to contribute to the show was just, <laughs> we're going to have a big old commercial. Everyone has to wear Reebok. Another thing is, like you mentioned, a lot of the kids actually got really hurt early on. Yes. Um, one of the kids got a compound arm fracture. Arm, The bone was sticking through his arm, and Mark Summer ran off the stage and threw up. Um Another one, you know, there's the one where you had to climb through the tube and you'd pull the thing and the water would fall down on you and then you climb the ladder. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess when he came through the tube or something, the kid fell and like landed on his neck and almost died. Yikes. That's uh, probably why the show would be a lot different now. Yeah. I think they had a reboot in like 18, but the challenges would be a lot different. It'd have to be a lot safer. Padding. Yeah. <laughs> It wouldn't be as crazy as these ones would be. No, maybe some, like, safety precaution. Right. Um, also, early on, they had some challenges that they just, like, didn't do right, and they would just retape it if it didn't go the way that they wanted to. Um, they had one, I think it was the one, I think it was the pancake one. Or, no, it was a um, It was a giant pillowcase. It was, like, the size of, um, like, a beanbag chair full of feathers. Hmm. And the first time that they did the challenge... It was the first one in the um, the big challenge at the end, and the kids digging through the feathers for the whole minute, and they stop it, and the guy had forgotten to put the flag inside of it. Yikes. So they do it a second time. It's still buried in there. The kid takes 60 seconds to find it, and then they finally find it, and they had to do it. They did it a third time, and the cameraman fell over, and they had to do it a fourth time, and they just put the flag like right on the top and the kid reached right <laughs> in and grabbed it and they moved on to the next ones. But they usually would redo the early ones if they didn't really get a chance because they wanted to win something and they wanted to get some action of it. It's not very fun when... The guy stops on the first obstacle. Yeah. That's 60 seconds of this guy 60 looking. 60 seconds of his arm up the nose <laughs> trying to find the flag. Yeah, that's what they did pretty good though is they would put the harder ones towards the end. So at least you'd get through four, you'd get your electric dictionary. Um, do you have any memories of watching Double Dare? I just remember yelling a lot, take the physical challenge. Almost always, yeah. The trivia questions I could always get. Um, they were geared for us. I always remembered. I thought it would be cool if we got to go on it, you and me. Yeah, and mom and dad moved to a family Double Dare. Yeah. We would have nailed it. That was before 96 when it was just the four horsemen. So. I think mom would get stuck on like the Toe Jam one or something. But mom would kill the trivia. That's true. We let mom go 1-5 on the obstacle course. Yeah, probably would be best. And or, then dad, at that time, he would be the closer. Dad would be the anchor because he'd be like 30 years old. Yeah, go probably mom, me, you. Yeah. Now, we'd make you go last. I'd be the anchor? Is that good? Yeah. Okay. Just because, like, if there was, like, something that we had to go on after you, we don't want it to, like, snap and hurt ourselves. <laughs> it's like I had to climb through the tube and he broke it. He's stuck in the tube. <laughs> Great. <laughs> He's actually a hamster. We lose. Yes. <laughs> Who's got the grease? He's looking for the pellets in the hamster wheel. There's no pellets. I keep going. <laughs> Quit eating the pizza. <laughs> uh, another one of the weird things I found when we were doing it is we found that... Um, Mark Summer actually had OCD, and uh, he didn't like the mess and all that stuff, and that was something that he battled, and he was on the show for like seven years. It's crazy. 
how you would be able to do that in such a strange environment. Yeah, so it'd be super messy because they'd have all these crazy challenges and they tried all these different different ways to do it. Like they had like a thin layer of plastic over it and they tried to roll that up and it didn't really work. Like Dexter Morgan. Yeah, and then they tried to do like this weird lacquer that they could like peel up when the round was over, but it was like a closed small set that was really hot from the lights and it just smelled really bad. Yikes. Like they tried all these things early on. I don't know how you would do that. You have to get like a big old, one of those big mops from like an NBA game. Yeah, and they just walk through. <laughs> you know, when someone falls down, like, I got this one. <laughs> all right, you got any other, anything else? I think that's all I got. I'm just very happy that Remember That Thing is back in action. I am, it's too. It's one of my favorite segments. I am, as well. Yeah, Double Dare, one of my favorite game shows of all time. It definitely is higher than 29 for me. It might be top five. Top 10 for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of good game shows, though. This one was just right in the heart of our youth that we watched right. every single day. Yeah, there's like, if you count all of them, there's over 500 episodes, and we've probably seen a good chunk of that. So yeah, Definitely. All right, I think that's all we got. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with... Shutting it down. Shutting it down. Throughout the history of America, there have met many heroes. Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves and was a vampire hunter. Ben Franklin invented bifocals and swim fins. It's true, look it up. Babe Ruth shattered all of baseball's records between eating hot dogs and drinking beers. One American hero, however, goes overlooked. Her name is Ruth Graves Wakefield. She was a dietitian, educator, business owner, and author. Oh yeah, and she invented the chocolate chip cookie. She in invented it. That recipe on every bag of Nestle chocolate chips? Yeah, that's hers. The next time you sit down to enjoy a chocolate chip cookie, remember the name of the lady that made it all possible. Ruth Graves Wakefield, a true American hero. All right, another episode in the books. 42 of them. That's a lot. We had some fun. Baker's Dozen. So we had some French toast. Got a little sugar rush before we uh, recorded the pod tonight, which is what we needed on a late Saturday night recording. Yeah, I, that was a lot of sugar. Maybe a little too much sugar. Yeah. That was good, though. <laughs> we got uh -oh, to talk about Double Dare. Sugar, sugar. I love Double Dare. So, um... Thank you for joining us for the show. We appreciate it. Uh, make sure to check us out on social media at Spivey Special on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out our website for our recipes. You can contact us. You can look at a weird picture of Troy, SpiveySpecialPodcast.com. Also check out our YouTube channel, the Spivey Special Podcast. We will have uh, all kinds of videos up. We'll have some of us uh, making some French toast. We will also have, uh, we might be doing a, uh, a Double Dare challenge this week. You never know what the Spivey Specials are going to do after eating those chili dogs last week. That was pretty fun. So we're going to come up with another weird challenge. Maybe we'll catch some pies in our pants. Maybe we'll do some sort of weird uh, chow mein hat. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Don't tempt me with a good idea. <laughs> so make sure you check for that later this week. Um... Troy, you got anything else? Zach, you're fat. Troy, you're fat. Later. Later.